Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. I am your host, Deb Maisner. I am a nurse, a health coach, a mom, and a badass. I forgot to say alcohol-free. I keep messing up my introduction. (laughs) But today I have Mark Holmes with me all the way from London, UK. And Mark is the author of The Complete Guide to Stop Drinking Alcohol. And he is a former school teacher, a registered alcohol addiction CBT therapist with a master's degree from the University of London. And he is the CEO and founder of the Addiction Help Agency. Welcome, Mark. Welcome. Thank you very much, Deb. It's great to be here. So did I cover everything in your intro? Yeah, I think you did a great job there. Okay. I think um, you did me proud. Yep. That's fantastic. So uh, let's get in and just tell me a little bit about, you know, who you are and and what you do. Okay. Um, A little bit of of my background. Um, Like you said, I I was a school teacher. I trained as a school teacher, secondary school, high school teacher. And and I kind of worked my way up the ladder um, to head a department and principal and and worked overseas as well um so i've been i had a very successful career um but i also had a a pretty dark secret um and that was that uh, you know i i was i was a high functioning alcoholic and that's that's uh you know that's very difficult um it's very difficult to kind of come to come to terms with um and I, at the time, you know, I, it was for a long time. I mean, it was 30 years I was, I was drinking and struggling to uh, control it. Um, and then making excuses, you know, constantly making ex- Sorry, there's a lot of... Can you, can you hear me okay? There seems... I can hear you fantastic. Oh, so sorry. So sorry. I can hear a little bit of interference there. I just wonder whether people can, can hear that. Um, yeah, sorry. So I said, yeah, it was it was thirty years of of drinking and um, and struggling with drinking, um, but it didn't affect. Well, I say it didn't affect um, because it was high functioning. I suppose I tried to hide it. I was very good at hiding it and coping with, um, you know, having strategies to 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 kind of get around drinking almost. Um, because I didn't see that there was a choice. You know, it, it got to the point where um, my drinking wasn't optional. You know, I think in my book I described this process where a university, it was sort of any excuse for a party and, um, and, and you know, and drinking was part of the culture. And if you didn't drink, there was something wrong. Um, and I was brought up on all the great um, American uh, movies and and 
Animal House and um, all those kind of college party movies were were part of my culture, um, which might seem strange if you're if you're sitting in Idaho right now, um, but it was you know <laughs> I felt you know I was like I felt American. Um, it was really part of my culture, and I thought that was normal. And drinking to excess, what you call binge drinking now i mean we didn't call it binge drinking there then you know we just just got got out of it got wasted i think we called it wasted um and it was part of part of having fun and then you go to work and you, you go to a next stage of your professional life where you start using alcohol to celebrate things the end of the week or um if there's uh you know if things go wrong then you start using it to relieve you know sort of pain and suffering in some way and um and then it suddenly starts becoming sort of habitual and before you know it you're you're going to work and you and you're coming home and you oh, i'll have a quick glass of wine um and you and it's almost routine and i got i was i was not i wouldn't be surprised to say oh, okay oh goodness me i've got to go to the off license now or the supermarket to get my alcohol it's just routine and that's when you you're you're kind of it's a habit, isn't it? And um, so I, I identify these sort of stages in my life, really, you know, for the, every sort of 20 years of different phases of, of, of drinking or, or, or of my relationship with drinking and how it kind of deteriorated. And then when I got into this struggle about how do I, how do I quit? And, you know, I suppose everyone can quit, can't they, for, a, for an hour? Um, or 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. or maybe a good a good minute um everyone can do that you know or a day or a week or a month or a, a year or two years i mean there's the, 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 the actual stopping drinking actually isn't that difficult it's um it's it's stopping drinking and not having that kind of pain of urges so it's kind of being happy sober if you like you know um anyone can be miserable sober um and we all know what that's like and it's it was torturous to me. I don't even know if that's a word, torturous. I don't yeah. know. Um, but it was. It was like torture. I used to find the cravings were so bad I was in tears. Um, and I used to walk for miles after work um, just to kind of, to, just to kind of, I was thinking if I get exhausted, you see, because one of my excuses was I can't sleep if I haven't had a, had a drink. So, you know, but if I'm really exhausted, then then I'm going to sleep straight away, aren't I? And so that was one of my strategies. And I'd be coming home in tears after this walk for five miles in the evening. Um, another strategy, I, I, I recited the Bible. So I, I'd, you know, I'd learn, you know, my name's Mark Holmes. I'm not Sherlock. Um, and I'd recite, <laughs> you know, memorize Mark of the, you know, the, from the, the New Testament. I'd literally try memorizing it to, to try and stop thinking about drinking. Because, you know, I was trying to take a higher power approach um, because I was trying anything. And um, in the end, it, that, it wasn't a higher power. I tried the AA as well. Um, and I went to meetings. I had a real problem with that. Um, you know, standing up and... I mean, I did stand up. Hi, I'm Mark. But, you know, I didn't say I'm an alcoholic. I was like, hi, I'm Mark. Um, how you doing? And, and that got more strange looks, I think. Um, because I was uncomfortable with that definition. I mean, until, and to be honest, I still am a little bit. I still don't like that label. But 
Um, I accept the high functioning alcoholic label that I was. I don't accept that now. I accept now that I'm 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 cured, if you like. I don't think you we were in the, the, the sort of stone ages where it's now, you know, when Bill was writing the big book, which is brilliant at the time, um, it was there was different science, you know, it was different knowledge about it. Um, and I think now we've we've moved on a lot. So I do think you can recover. I think you can you can be cured of alcoholism. But you have to, you you know, you have to you have to find the right way. For me, the the right way, and it can be different for different people. But I I found a solution through CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. So I underwent that, and that to me made sense. It just made everything. It, it found a fault in my thinking in a way because I couldn't see what was wrong. I was rationalizing my drinking, and I couldn't see. I couldn't see any fault with that. And I mean, I'm happy to talk about it as much as you want, but that, that was the, my, my way in. And that's why I became a CBT therapist because I wanted to help other people. Once you become, once you become, um, sober, you're, you're so elated in a way you're, you're kind of really motivated. So I, I, I quit my teaching career and I started working as, um, an alcohol addiction counselor therapist. And, you know, I, I had a very well-paid career before and I was moving to something that really wasn't that well-paid. But I found an enormous sense of of kind of achievement, a bit of purpose um, in doing that work. And that's um, how I came around to, to setting up the Addiction Help Agency. And, you know, to help people with alcoholism or any, any um, addiction. Um, and that's where I'm at today. And then I led to me eventually culminated in me writing this um, 375 page book, um, which which has just come out. And that's looking at at at, at the sort of facts, really. Um, you know, if, if my education is worth anything and my experience is it's, it's using my experience and saying, oh, hold on a second, what would work? What 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 was it that worked for me? Because if I can describe that on the page and, and and get it down in black and white, then maybe someone else can pick that up and it will work for them. And so it's spreading the kind of message that it, there is a solution and that th this can work and permanently. And you can be happy, you know. Um, you know, it's not unicorns and rainbows. Um, but you can, it's... It, it's you can live a totally different life. My life now is totally, unimaginably different um, to 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 what I was what I was having. It's like carrying it, you know. It's like carrying a, you know. It's like that atlas. You know, you see the atlas with yes. the world on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. That that's what I think drinking is like. You're carrying this huge weight, and you don't even realize it because you think that's normal that everyone else is carrying the world on their shoulders, and and they're not. And, you know, and all this, you know, they call it on Instagram, don't they? Anxiety, you know, but that all of those kind of feelings and that anxiety that's terrible with alcoholism, um, you know, that you think that is normal and it's not. And so all of that disappears um, when you when you when you get sober and, and it's unbelievable. It's, it's like a, it's almost like, you know, the the, the, the shade falling, from, you know, the. the taking the glasses off taking the sunglasses off and looking at the daylight that's it's almost like that because it's so different 
but I mean, you know, this is it's transformational, but it's 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 when you've really done it, when you've really done it. But that doesn't mean that you've done it. Um, I've quit for a day. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you've made a planned um, a planned cessation program and a planned uh, recovery. So that's I've got, I differentiate that from from the torture that I had for weeks, months, whereby I just quit on willpower and I was suffering. That's totally different to what I'm talking about. And people don't need to suffer when they when they give up drinking. They don't need to at all. So I went on a bit. I didn't like that. Oh, I think that's great. You covered a lot. And so what it makes (laughs) me really curious and what I think would be helpful for anyone listening is maybe if you could share, I mean, because it's a 375 page book, but maybe you could share, I was thinking like something uh, for someone who's just starting um, Mm -hmm. and then maybe something for someone who is, sustaining or you know just kind of in the throes of it and the the cravings Um, and then someone who is just maintaining enjoying long-term sobriety so if if you're someone that's first starting out what what are your tips or okay that's a good that's a brilliant question okay so i mean first of first of all i think you've got to get a good understanding what are the facts Right. So do your research. Right. You're just starting out. Um, you, you, you with the greatest respect, you won't know the facts. And so you've got to get some quit lit, some book, something. I don't care. You could get my one, which is, is, is more like a textbook, really, um, than uh, than a kind of experiential book. I mean, there's other books out there that are like oh, so many I, I can't mention, but, you know, um, this naked mind or alcohol explained or alcohol lied to me or there's these are very very the most popular books but they're not really about the facts um they're much more experiential and they're much more motivational and um what i try and do in my book is i'm trying to say look this is the good and bad stuff about alcohol really and i think that's really important that you have a, 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 a an honest perspective on it um and so, 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 for example, okay, for example, many of the quit lit books, and I think this is key if you're just beginning to consider quitting or not quitting, or you're in the early stages, is is to understand the, the sort of nature of the beast. And a lot of these self help books literally call it a beast, um, or they refer to it as I don't know the wicked witch of the east or the wicked witch of the west or or I, no i'm serious they do refer you you read yeah the, the reason yeah. right they do and i don't disrespect them but there's no science behind anything they're saying but they in the in their descriptions there's no references really um but they're doing a motivational job they're doing a very good motivational job in many respects um but if you look at the science of it they'll they'll all say and i They'll all say that that um, alcohol's alcohol's a depressant. You know that. You know that. Deb. Everyone knows mm-hmm. that. Every medical doctor knows that alcohol's a depressant. Um, well, I think the whole medical profession is crazy because that's not the latest research. You know, um, all of these books were written. I don't know, five, ten years ago. Maybe they weren't aware of it. But um, alcohol isn't a depressant. It's a biphasic stimulant sedative. Mm-hmm. and I can send you the research on this 
And that's really, why is that important? Is it because I know a, a big word? No. It's because it's the only way that giving up alcohol makes any sense. Because why would you want to drink a depressant? Just that, you know, because that means you'd only drink if you were on a high and you wanted to come down because you don't, that's why you'd want a depressant, you know, and some people, you know, do take um, uh, depressants because they're, you know, um, like bipolar conditions uh, might take a depressant to actually come down. Um, but, but that's, but most people drinking alcohol, it seems to serve a whole variety of purposes. You know, it can be a reward. It can be elatory. You can be like, oh, you know, celebratory. We're, we're really excited and it can boost that mood. And why? Because it is a stimulant. And you wouldn't, you're not crazy. People who drink are not crazy and thinking, oh, I'm getting a high from this. You know, you wouldn't get a high from a depressant, but everyone's getting a high from alcohol. I don't need to tell alcoholics this because they, they, that's why they're drinking it. They're drinking it because they're getting a buzz. Everyone knows that. But if you read the medical textbooks and they ask a doctor, they'll say, no, actually, it, it's a depressant of the central nervous system. Well, it is a depressant, right, overall, because after the stimulant effect, there's a, a, a rise for the first 20 minutes. And then after that, there be, there, there, there immediately follows a, a sedative effect, which is greater. Now, you could say overall, there's um, you know, a depressant effect. And, and in fact, as you drink more, the stimulant effect is going to diminish and the, the, the sedative effect is going to be greater and you're going to have less of a high. But by then it's too late because you've already been getting these highs from drinking and you're like, you know, that's just sustaining it. You think you're sustaining that high. So what I'm saying to you is you're not crazy if you're getting a buzz out of alcohol. You're, it's totally sensible and it, it does give you a buzz. Um, and so all of these books that say you don't, um, it's just in your imagination. They're, they're, it's in their imagination because that's just not true. So if you're starting out on the journey, first of all, you're not mad. That's the first thing to be aware. So you just get a realistic idea, do some research, get check check the latest research on what alcohol is, and then you'll you'll be you'll be better prepared to deal with the consequences of that in terms of how you how you treat that. And I, I, my recommendation is you don't just quit suddenly. Um, in my program, in my book, I advocate um, a sort of at least six weeks tapering. Um, in my sessions that I do online for, for, for counseling, um, I do a 12-week program because I find that that, that gives you uh, time for the tapering and then time for the rehab in terms of how do you cope after you stop drinking? So, you know, it, 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 I would say it can be for 10 to 12 weeks is normal program of, of cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's pretty much common in, in, in CBT, whether you're doing it, wherever you're doing it in the States. Is it, and it's, you know, it's Aaron T. Beck who invented cognitive behavioral therapy. He was a psychiatrist. He was, uh, in one, he was a psychoanalyst at one point. So, um, he, he, he did a big switch to, to CBT and inventing CBT, which is totally different, but it's short term, it's goal orientated, and it, it's in, intended to produce a lasting change. So what we're looking for, for the people that are just recently quitting, is I'd say don't rush. Because what happens is if, if I go onto the Facebook now, 
Deb, if I go and look at Facebook now, because I've got all the groups there that are drinking groups, you know, the private Facebook groups, I'm a member of all of them, because I'm interested in what people's experiences are. And so often there you see, oh, back to day one. Oh, well, I'm back to day four. Oh, it's been 10 days again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I might, it breaks my heart because people are going through this, this cycle of, of repeatedly, repeatedly quitting and they're never asking themselves, well, you know, I'll tell you why it breaks my heart, because it broke my heart literally, you know, mm-hmm. because I was I was doing the same thing, Deb. You know, that's what I was doing for, you know, how many, God knows how many years, 10 years trying to quit and and kidding myself that, that you know, the next time would be, I'd do it differently without even thinking about why it failed last time. Now, many of your listeners might have been on the dry January, I, I you know, um, program a program you know to to say okay for january we're just going to have a month off drinking and they might have struggled with that and about this time saying hold on a second why didn't that work hopefully that's that's they're kind of reflecting on it because in the early days what's really important is you say right what did i what did i do wrong why why if i if i relapsed or you know i went back to drinking very quickly what was i missing or what was i doing that is different or what was I doing that I shouldn't be doing um you know what instead of just repeating the same thing you know because that's the that's the saddest thing isn't it when when you're just like okay I'll quit this time but this time I'll really use a lot more willpower I'll really really focus or I won't worry if my dog dies or um I really won't watch anything bad news on tv about the whatever the corona whatever you know and so you, you, it's not that it's got nothing to do with willpower. You know, it's got nothing to do with that. If it was as simple as willpower, people wouldn't be struggling, would they? Because actually, you know, to, to actually go to work, um, or manage a school like I did with an alcohol problem, you, that takes a lot of willpower, you know, because you've got to plan, you know, your, your quick sobriety in the morning and, um, You've got to be very careful about what you eat. And it, there's an awful lot of strategies you have to use mm-hmm. to try and mask that you're an alcoholic. It's a lot of extra work on top of what you're meant to be doing already. So, you know, what I'm saying is that, that, that you're early, you're just starting out, you're on your, that journey, do your homework, right? Anything in life that's worthwhile it takes work, you know. If you're going to get your degree in nursing, it's going to take an effort. It's not just, you know, it doesn't happen overnight and it's free. It it takes a lot of hard work, but you know, it's worth it. And you get and you you know you achieve that, and you're very proud. And it's the same in in working at your sobriety. It takes a lot of work, but do you want the pain before you quit, or do you want the pain after you quit permanently for the rest of your life because you're still struggling every day with urges and cravings? Um, and that's, I think, the choice. So taper, slow down your drinking, try and have more days off during the week. Say, okay, I'm going to have, I'm not going to um, have that Friday night drink after work. Or, okay, instead of, you know, buying a bottle of wine, I'm going to buy a half bottle. Or think of different ways you can kind of reduce, gradually limit how much you're drinking. And if you've noticed there's a pattern of events where you're drinking too much, can you avoid those events? reconsider it in in AA they used to call it people places and things you want to avoid triggering situations 
So when you think there's something that's coming up that you, you know, that you always have a drink, then, then can you avoid that? Or can you think about ways to deal with it differently? Um, and there's the stuff in my book, there's different strategies in my book. I can go into more detail about that if you want. Um, but yeah, so tapering is the big one, cutting down, maybe it's a day a week, maybe it's the volume of, of how much you're drinking. Maybe you just have a, you know, one glass less every night, you know, um, think about ways you can gradually cut down. Don't do anything drastic. That's the, always the most, you know, dangerous thing, whether you're a heavy, heavy drinker, or even if you're a light drinker, um, it's, it's, it's the, you know, softly, softly, gently monkey. What is it? What's that one? Catch him. Oh, I don't sure know. You know. <laughs> 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 Goodness me. What a terrible teacher I am. Um, but, you know, it's, it's softly, softly catchy monkey. There's some silly phrase about it. But basically, it's, just, it's, you know, it's you go gently. You gently go towards your goal. And you do it in a loving kindness way. You know, you don't do it about hate for yourself. There's, you know, you do it because I know that times I was like, oh, Mark, you know, I could, you know, you're nuts. You can't, why can't you get your head around this, you know? And I'd be really angry with myself. You can't do it like that. You've got to kind of try and you've almost got it. You've got to do it from a kind of kindness, loving kindness point of way. Um, and if you can, if you can um, step outside yourself and look at who is the person doing that. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, I do like being your own scientist. Yes. Yes. In fact, you're the subject in the laboratory almost. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you're looking at what you're doing from uh, from like like almost a parachute looking down on yourself. Um and you don't you know, I don't, that, that, that's got kind of sort of spiritual connotations. I must say, I must really be clear about this, that I, my book isn't at all secular, right? It's not, it, sorry, not, it isn't at all <laughs> from a religious point of view. Mm -hmm. It's a secular approach, okay? I believe in God. I'm, I'm a, a faith-driven person, but I didn't want my book to be that because I didn't think um, that that would help the most number of people, you know, the largest number of people. So it's not, doesn't involve a higher power at all. Um, but it does involve taking a kind of, um, a, a meditative, mindful approach. And a big part of my book is about saying, um, relaxation and using relaxation to, to help, to kind of help kind of, to kind of, kind of internally balance in, find, you know, finding some peace within, um, and I talk about that more in the book, but not from a kind of, you don't have to suddenly start chanting, you know, you don't have to join it. It's not a cult, you know, I don't, uh, there's no, no dancing around the fire, but it's, it's, it is about mindfulness and it is about, um, there are some meditation techniques that I, that I suggest that are not, um, religious. And there's a few I suggest that are religious, um, so I use a Catholic one, a Buddhist one, and a, and a non-religious one, a secular approach, which was by another guy called who wrote a book called The Relaxation Response, um, which was looking at how you can use meditation in a non-spiritual way to actually help heal heal things. 
and different and there was remarkable results so there's that other side to the book so i was trying to think that the reason i call it complete is because i try to get everything in there that i thought could possibly help and and definitely solve this problem once and for all um and if there's any weakness of the book i'd say the weakness is that you want you know you've got to want to quit and if you haven't got to that stage where you want to quit then then it's not really for you this book you know it's only for the people that say oh you know I've, actually i've decided now i've had enough of having enough i'm fed up of being fed up of drinking and I've, i decide now i want a solution so this is the solution but all of the other books i mentioned earlier which are all very good by the way um they're all they're great at the the kind of oh i'm not sure if i want to stop um is it going to be too difficult you know the motivational side the coaching side they're brilliant whereas mine's more of a kind of manual you know how to once you've decided right this is what i want to do then then these, these this is what this will work i say this will work it's like textbook step by step chapter by chapter each chapter's got goals each chapter's got a summary each chapter's got tests and questionnaires and tools and da 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 it's a very kind of scientific orientated but it's not kind of holding your hand like the others do much more or or it's not about my story really um there's a little bit of that but not really uh that's for another book deb that, that you where, I, where I'd, I'd have to swear a lot um because okay. you can <laughs> um, be you <laughs> but i think in a, in a different book i it, i would i could explore um you know the, the sort of the, the sort of despairing side and the the, the some of the it's, and it, there's all different sides aren't there of, of drinking so but this isn't that this isn't a personal account so if you're looking for that kind of story this is not it um the unexpected joy um is is by Catherine gray is probably better for that um and and if you're looking for something really just motivational you're not sure whether you want to quit already um the easy way the alan carr book is very good the easy way to stop drinking or easy way to quit drinking um that's very good at the motivational side trying to encourage you to quit i i read that book that was the first book i read deb that that made me realize that bibliotherapy could work. Mm-hmm. You know, the Alan Carl, I, I quit drinking after for, for three months after I read that. So that was a first, a really big step for me because I didn't think it was possible. But it wasn't a kind of long-term permanent solution. That's what I was looking for, you know, that's what. But it was a temporary, and I think a lot of these books are a good temporary solution. They'll, they'll get you, at least they'll get your foot in the door, if you like. Um... And that's got to be worth something. But for, for a permanent solution, without having to struggle with, you know, um, why am I doing it? Then I think a complete guide like the one I wrote, then then, then, I, then that's where I come in. Um, so it is a very much a textbook for CBT. And, and counts, other counsellors use my book um, to treat patients in, their, in therapy. So it's that kind of book that's where i'm coming from i hope that didn't i hope i didn't denigrate my book too much then deb no i i think it sounds amazing <laughs> i i really i like um your approach you know you mentioned treating yourself gently and one of the things i always say is practice not perfection and you know yeah. it, it is possible to make progress without being 
perfect. And so yeah, I think, y- yeah, you described that in your own way beautifully. Oh, thank you so much. That I think it's it's really important. I mean, that's something that kind of um, that kind of meta kindness way. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of Buddhist heroes, actually, you know, um, and some of the, the Buddhist meditations in, in the book that I recommend are about how do we practice loving kindness for ourselves, you know? And there was a great writer about self-compassion, um, which is another thing that I go on about in the book, probably too much, is that we've got to we've got to find that love for ourselves, not in a kind of grandiose like I'm all it, you know, way, but in a way of 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 saying, look, when you know, objectively, we're not the worst in the world, you know, um, and we're all human, and and that's the thing that unites all of us, and and we've got this self-talk haven't we you know that that sometimes can be really really negative and in cognitive behavioral therapy we talk about negative automatic thoughts you know and this is based on irrational intermediate beliefs which are based on you know problematic core beliefs and so the these things that when we're rationalizing in our own heads whatever we're doing you know, Debbie always makes perfect sense. So I, you know, when I'm having conversations with clients in therapy, it's, it's, they're totally clear that they are doing the most sensible thing at the moment in time in for them. They are convinced that what they're doing at that moment in time is the most reasonable and rational solution. Now it's not, it's stupid. I mean, I'm, I'm no, I would never say that <laughs> obviously to a patient, but I'm, you know, but it, what, how can you justify drinking poison? right how can you justify it it's impossible but we all do when we when we're when we're you know in the throes of that condition and i use that word decidedly condition when we're in that condition then we will justify it in a million different ways and if you look on all of those facebook groups deb you're going to see people saying oh you know it was my daughter's birthday or oh i just won the lottery or you know my dog died or there's a million reasons why people drink and then none of them are none of them are good none there's no i'd say there's no there's no such thing as a good reason there's a, only an excuse and so i don't know what i'm talking about now i've gone off the point haven't i but the i suppose the point is um is about is about understanding where our thoughts remember you know it's our thoughts that is where the problem is you know if you look at if if you Google ABC model, mm-hmm. right? If anyone's got access to the internet now, um, you'll see that that the ABC model is, you know, we often say something happens, right? We call it A, the activating event, and then there's a consequence. So you know, something happens, the dog dies, and then what? Well, we we have a drink, but between the two, there was some conditions taking place, you know. So in cognitive behavioral therapy, we say. That A, the activating event led to B, beliefs, led to C, the consequences. So in between those two things, what our beliefs were influenced what happened in terms of the outcome, in terms of the consequence. Does that make sense? So, you know, if 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 something happens, I don't know, I'm late for work, and then um, the consequence is the manager wants to see me in his office. Now, in... I could go into that meeting going, look, you know, 
It wasn't my fault. It was the bus. I, 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 or there was so much traffic. I couldn't. It was nobody. Nobody could have got through. If you're going to give me an attitude, I quit. Right? You could go in all fired up, because why is that? Because you've got those beliefs in between that I might not be good enough, or I, I'm responsible for this, or I've done something wrong, or I'm a bad person, and that will influence the 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 way the consequence whatever the consequence is if your beliefs were different if you were thinking well actually I, I didn't do anything wrong nothing could have i couldn't have done anything different you know there was a there was an explosion on the motorway um you know one of the cars blew up <laughs> what do you want me to do fly i'm not superman um you couldn't you know and then you go into the meeting you know you've got a totally different approach and the consequence will be totally different because of your beliefs about you know what what happened and what you think happened and and your 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 thoughts about yourself so this belief system is is fundamental to that abc model google it it's fundamental to cbt and it's about identifying are there any negative automatic thoughts or irrational dysfunctional beliefs or attitudes that may be having adverse consequences on your drinking and so it's not just a case of don't drink because it's not good for you, you know, because every alcoholic knows, you know, drink it. They know they know so well what why it's bad for you. Um, it's amazing that they still drink in spite of that. So there's no point in, in writing a book saying, hey, do you know what? Um, it's killed about 10 million people. Did you know that? Oh, did it? Oh, really? Yeah, who cares? An alcoholic will just, oh, you know what? Your leg's going to fall off if you carry on. Oh, is it? All right. Good for you. All right. Okay. It doesn't, it, there's no point in telling an alcoholic about the bad consequences about, you know, of, 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 uh, of the harm and the number of deaths and et cetera, et cetera. And the liver failure and da, 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 da. You know more about this than I do as a nurse, I'm sure. So, but you can't, you, you quote all of that and people will be blind and deaf and they won't notice that at all. As soon as you mention anything like that they'll go they'll turn off because they know it they, they they know it they just they, they choose to ignore the facts um and so i had to try and find a way in my book of trying to say hold on a second um how do i explain about um why do we think it's so normal why do we think how does normalization happen how does enculturation big word happen how does that happen to us how do I get to 19 where I'm getting wasted in college, drinking more than I can possibly, you know, handle and throwing up uh, every weekend? Why? How do I get to that stage where that's normal? Because it is normal. I think it's normal in America. I think it's normal in it. Definitely normal. I don't know about America. Definitely normal um, in England. And, you know, I, and there's studies of that I quote in the book. I won't bore you by quoting studies in this <laughs> in this show because you're just I'm probably well, saying I... you're gonna go this is a great AS, asmr and asmr interview <laughs> because he just goes on and on and on oh Sorry, that's funny i, yeah. I would be impressed yeah. if you quoted studies um well there's there's so i mean look there's 300 plus references in the book there's nothing i say in the book that hasn't got a study attached to it um because I didn't, I thought, what was I like when I was quitting drinking? I didn't believe anything unless I could look at a primary reference. Now, I'm not talking about quoting Alan Carr, 
right? I'm not. <laughs> um, one of those books I mentioned, um, which is one of the best-selling books, has got over a dozen references to Alan Carr because that lady's quoting Alan Carr all the time. Um, I'm not talking about quoting other books about giving up drinking. I'm talking about primary research evidence. I'm talking about people that have actually looked at the you know, experimental evidence or have done meta studies where they compare you know, what's happening as a result. If we look at you know, 100 studies, what was the conclusion from all of these studies together? This is what I'm interested in. You know, and that took me years to get of, of, of reading through these and going, is that relevant? Does that, would that make any difference if I was told that? Does it make sense to me now? Would, would, would clients make, get that? And so that filtering, you know, I could only do that filtering, um, in fact, because I was an alcoholic. Um, I couldn't have written this book if I, if I didn't know what, what, the, what the pain and suffering was like. And, and what made sense and what will make sense to other people when they're, they're, they're going through that process of trying to quit. Um, now, I've, I, 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 I think I've given a very long-winded, you know, general answer to your question. But in terms of, in terms of people quitting now um, and beginning, I'd say get, your, get, get a, well, a well-sourced book, get a good good you know reference find out the facts get a good quit lit book and secondly take your time to taper um, and look at ways of cutting down gradually three reflect on what has worked for you in the past what and what works and what doesn't work four try and look at, for outside support if you can not necessarily from peers but there's a lot of groups online um, I spoke about the Facebook group. We're both we're both Instagrammers, aren't we, Deb? Mm-hmm. You've got a brilliant one. Your yours is fantastic, by the way. I recommend that to everyone. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. And I'm a new I'm a newbie on the block, um, but slowly growing. But Instagram's really upbeat, positive. But Facebook groups are re- are really good because they're interactive. Um, and look at blogs. Find out there's a lot of great blogs out there. Um, because blogs can often be a source of free inspiration because, you know, Facebook's free, Instagram's free, blogs are free, books you've got to pay for, I'm afraid. But um, I'm trying to think of free ways, free sources of information and free sources of support, podcasts, wonderful podcasts like this. And I've got, you know, if you, my blog, just if I can give it a little plug. Yeah, please. Yeah, it's it's called uh, Soberzine which is addictionhelp.agency slash blog. And, um, and there you've got, I got the top 10 podcasts, the top 10 sober blogs, the top 10 Instagrammers, the top 10 everything. So they're current. I'm trying to, I'm, what I'm trying to do at the moment, Deb, is, is put it all into a sort of directory, you know, a guide mm-hmm. for people so that I'll give it, I'm going to give it away free. It'll be a free ebook or something. But I just want to make something available that sort of, says okay these are all the things out there that that are resources because when you start you know when you start stopping drinking (laughs) um it's a bit of a you're kind of walking into the unknown and you're a bit on your own you know and yet there's so much support out there there's so much you can get access to for free and and so many people willing to help and encourage you and and give you the support you need and and you've 
I know how vulnerable it is when you when you first stop drinking. It, you, it's like really a bit of a, um, yeah, it's a step into the unknown, isn't it? So, you know, if you're doing that right now, your listeners, I, I take my hat off to you. Because, you know, if you're doing it in any time under 30 years, you're better than, a better person than me. Because I couldn't do it for, for 30 years. So, you know, good luck with that. Um, I really mean that. And, um, and, and there is hope and there is a way there. You can do it, you know? Um, and I think that's something that you can't, people can't hear enough because I know for me that, I, you know, it's impossible. I would have said, it's impossible to stop drinking. It's impossible. There's no way I'm ever going to stop drinking. And now I'm on, you know, um, I mean, I'm here talking about, but you know, that it, it is. Um, so if you can find any moment of insight, oh, the other thing I mentioned is, is a journal is really useful. Um, if you can find a moment of insight. So what do I mean by that is, 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 is actually knowing, you know, when I said looking down on yourself, for me, the journal was my moment of insight because I wrote in my journal one year, um, that's it. I've had it. I'm, you know, this year, my goal is, you know, I'm going to not drink again. And I really mean it. And whatever happens, I don't care about, you know, anything in my career or anything in my family, I'm not going to touch a drop. And that was my goal. And then, um, a year later, exactly a year later, I returned to my journal to write my uh, New Year's resolutions. And I was just about to write, this year, I really mean it. I'm not <laughs> going to touch a drop. I'm serious. This year, whatever happens, my career, my family, and I saw those exact same words, exact same words in my journal already there. And it was like staring myself, you know, smack bang in the mirror. And going, what an idiot you are, you know? And then I said, right, that's it. You got a problem, mate. And you've got to, you've got to, you, a year? And it was like, that was the message for me. So if you can find through a journal, through, through talking to people that, you know, that, you know, family, um, any kind of, any, any insight, that, that awareness that it's, it's, there's, it's not you. There's something. This is there's something mismatch here. This is not really you because it isn't the real you. You know, you weren't drinking as a baby. You didn't come out of the womb mm -hmm. like, get. Yeah, I'll have a uh, you know a large one on the rocks, please, nurse. Um, it didn't happen like that. You know, so it's not you. So if you can find that moment of insight or that little that little spark from whatever source it is, Facebook, Instagram, blogs, books. Any quit lit, I, you know, that's why I, I, I don't want to knock any, because if you can find that insight, then you're, you're opening the door of just a gap. And then you can, once you open it a gap, it's possible to open it all the way. Well, I, I think that you have shared so much. I feel, I wish we had more time to talk. Um, <laughs> But as a, you don't want to risk another question, do you? Because I well, I think we that I should have you back on so we can really dive oh, in. This feels like an oh, intro. I'd love to. But oh, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, we definitely should. Yeah. But for today, to wrap up, um, how can people find you in your book? Great. Okay. Well, they can find me with um, the Addiction Help dot agency. So. Or they can go to addictionhelpagency.com. But 
I've, I, I did a special thing where, it, you know, dot agency you can use as well. So addiction help dot agency. And um, if you do slash book, you'll find the book. If you do slash blog, you'll find the blog. I've got not much imagination when it comes to things like that. Um, so it's, it's very easy to find. Um, and in, in terms of Facebook, Facebook, if you want to join my Facebook group, I'd love it because I've got no very few members at the moment. So I've only got a, a few. So um, I've got Be Happy Sober. So if you find Be Happy Sober, you'll see uh, that that's my Facebook group and my page is Addiction Help Agency. So yeah, I'm sure you, if you go for any one of those, you're going to find me, I'm afraid. Well, um, I will. And, yeah, I yeah. will put your links in the show notes for. <laughs> oh, brilliant! The oh, Deb, thank you yeah. so much, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you and and your your listeners um, in Idaho. And um, yeah, it's it's been wonderful. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mark. I I appreciate it. it it's so helpful. Um, the book sounds wonderful. I will have you back so we can dig a little deeper. Uh, oh, in the meantime, please reach out, find Mark, uh, reach out to me if you have any questions. You can always email me at deb at alcoholtippingpoint.com. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at alcoholtippingpoint. And check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.